0: still buffering a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy, and I'm Taylor Smurl.
1: Well, we're here at the final week of the Max Fund Drive this year. Yes. It's been a it's been a long road. Um, a month long one. A month long, gentle. And so we've come to the end. No. Mm-hmm. Th- I mean, you can. I don't know.
2: It's good do you idea? really want?
0: That's really what you wanted to. Do? Something unpredictable.
1: Oh. And is right. There you go. I knew you would. I, I hope you had the drive of good. your life. Very hey. good. <laughs> ah, that was good. That, see, that was good. That was is that good. better? That was better. What other graduation songs do you want me to sing?
0: As we go. <laughs> 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 All
1: right, we're done. <laughs> that's that's the that's the end of it. Um It is the end of the Max Fun Drive. Thank you. To all of you who have uh, become members, who are already members, who have uh, shared our show so that others could find out about it and maybe become members, everybody who's participated, everybody Mm -hmm. who's Um, listened—it's—it's really—it's—it's about the friends you make along the way. It's about the journey, not (laughs) the destination. Uh, We're going to tell you more this episode about uh, the gifts that you can get if you decide to join the Maximum Fund Network and become a monthly donating member. Um, later, but I just wanted to mention that you can visit MaximumFun.org join at any time while you're listening even. Yeah. Uh, if you still want to do so, there are all kinds of uh, levels that you can join at. At $5 a month, you get a lot of bonus content. $10 a month, you get a cool pin. Uh, there are all kinds of other levels, and you can check those out, and we'll tell you more about them, but just uh, as a little sneak peek, MaximumFun.org slash join uh, is the website. So Just wanted to mention that my last Put that not my there. last time to get to do that little
0: intro bit yeah mm. yeah
1: until next year until next year yeah yeah do it so, again though uh are you both doing okay
0: yeah you know
1: <laughs> ha- <laughs> Ta- taylor made friend with a bathroom spider so i don't know <laughs> oh i don't want to talk about my bathroom st- spider <laughs> You don't want to talk about your bathroom spider? Well, my bathroom spider's dead now. Oh. Taylor did not um, bring about the end of their bathroom spider. No. No. My bathroom spider's not a new friend. My bathroom spider was my friend for the past year. And then when it got very hot in my apartment, my cat started sleeping by the toilet. I guess that's what they do. And my cat discovered my bathroom spider because... I, I realize, like, this is everybody's fear, right? That the spider's going to come to you on your toilet. My bathroom spider lived right behind the toilet. But I would just say, mm-hmm. hey, and it would say, hey, and then you could pee. Um, but my cat did not uh, get along quite so well. So I, I, he came chasing it out of the bathroom one day, and I could not get to my spider before my cat could. So
0: Wait, I've been in your bathroom in the past year. Does that mean when I peed in your apartment that there was a spider back there? Yes. Oh, no, I'm glad I didn't know that at the time. I would have been very mm-hmm. scared to pee.
1: Yeah, I wasn't in the habit of telling people, and you know, <laughs> she she kept to herself. She yeah, she knew she knew where she liked to be. Um, I well, have- I think that Jack eating the bathroom spiders—that's nature, though, right? I guess so, but I still was very mad at him. He was very confused because you know, usually it's like I, I guess like flies and roaches. I'm fine if he if he wants to eat those, but uh, spiders are different. Spiders hit Let's- different circle of eyes. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is comforting, <laughs> but uh, if it is, Taylor, I am certain that you will get more spiders in your apartment. Thanks, I hope so. <laughs> over time. <laughs> I appreciate that. Is that a nice thing to say to a person? I hope. I just, just, uh, just like one or two, just some friendly buddies. Okay, you well know? I have no doubt. The in my experience, the spiders find you. I hate it. They do. And I
0: do not enjoy spiders' presence. Aww. I will never bring about the end of a spider,
1: but I am not gonna like chill with it. These them. are more mottos of twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Please scream inside your heart, the spiders find you. <laughs> the spiders find you. Spiders will find you. I've never seen a spider up close though, with their big old eyes. And they're goofy. Yeah, they have so many of them. Yeah, they're big. They're just big, round, shiny eyes. And they're little peetsies. They've got a little furry feet.
2: Uh. I've, learned, I've learned
1: to live with the all the ones that are in my garden. Like, I dodge them as they kind of jump around while I'm out there watering and weeding and whatnot. I just dodge them. I don't attack them. <laughs> they think they're just playing a game with you. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. dodge spider. I love this game. I'm just, I'm just trying to get that cucumber there, buddy. Just watch out. <laughs> Yeah, right, Riley, they're just trying to like, oh, you want, you go go to sleep? You want to cuddle, buddy? You want to maybe cuddle a little bit? I'm good Mm -hmm. at cuddles. Well, mm, no,
0: because then what if they eat me? Or I eat them, because I heard you eat a lot of spiders in your life.
1: You don't really eat a lot of spiders. I don't know, that's true. Spiders are pretty smart. They get in my ear. There can be bugs on your um, fresh produce if you don't wash it. Well, I always wash my fresh produce. Well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I do, too. I'm is just this a, your PSA? It's <laughs> important to wash your fresh well, produce. Is, is that how you end up eating spiders? Is that is that how they just hang out on you? You could. Kids? I mean, you could definitely. I've definitely seen those like videos or articles on the internet about, like, giant poisonous spiders sneaking in on, like, bananas from other countries. Oh, uh, no. I, would, I wouldn't worry as much. But, like, there are little, like, I mean, you know.
0: Have I eaten a spider? Have you, you eaten, eaten a probably, banana?
1: Maybe. You you've probably eaten a bug of some sort. Like if you if you ate some fresh produce that wasn't washed or something, yeah, you probably ate a bug at some. I mean, it's no big deal.
0: This I don't I don't want to think about that. What if it never came out? What if he's still in there?
1: A lot of our bodies are bacteria anyway, so and that spiders doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> By the time you're in your, I don't know, late twenties, you are fifty percent bacteria, fifty percent spiders internally. <laughs> that's just math. That, uh, yeah, yeah. That's doctor. Can I get a, hey, a medical check with, on that? With medical opinions like that, you could advise the president. Oh no, that's fair. Oh no. <laughs> uh, um. So on to lighter
0: things. Yeah. Please no more spider stomachs, please.
1: Uh, I am glad that we're rounding out our Max Fun Drive episodes with um, the Babysitters Club because yes, I feel like it is good and lovely and wholesome and pure, and
2: we I can just uh,
1: enjoy it, especially in its current uh, incarnation yes. as a as a TV show. I didn't expect
0: to enjoy it as much as I did. Like I knew it would be like lighthearted and and fun. But it, it is focused on girls who are in like middle school. So I don't know why I was just expecting to not really be able to enjoy the content as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. It, it was good. I enjoyed it. The
1: uh, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I watched it purely on a whim mm-hmm. with Charlie. I, I turned on the first episode thinking like, I don't know if this will this is probably like going to seem really silly to me now as a grown up. Um, and I didn't know if it was too old for Charlie but uh it was fine for her I mean she enjoyed it watched it was engaged followed the plot lines like it was good uh even for a five-year-old almost six Jeez, she's almost six that's wild I know um but uh but I also super enjoyed it cried multiple times
0: (laughs) yeah I I also did cry I've only watched half of the the first season but I did cry once in those five episodes Taylor, are you waiting to know you,
1: if I cry? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Would you like to share whether or not you cry? Uh, I'm always crying all the time. So, yes. <laughs> 2020, I'm always <laughs> crying all the time. Yes. <laughs> my, 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 my heart is screaming. My insides are crying. And spiders. And spiders and are th- finding th- you. Spiders will find yes. you. Uh, the Babysitters Club was a book series. Everybody probably knows that. Even if you didn't read them, I feel like everybody was aware they existed yeah. at some point. Um, by Anne M. Martin, they came out in 1986. The first oh, one, wow, yeah, and were published until 2000. They're still out there. You can still buy them. They're still. The covers are different now.
0: You know, if they were only published until 2000, then any of them I read had to have been euros mm-hmm. that I just had still. I don't know why I thought they were still, like, a, a hip happening book series in, like, 2008.
1: Well, now there, I owned many. There was a graphic novel series that came mm-hmm. out. Um, oh. I know, because I knew one of the, the people working on it back at college. So that came out, like, early 2000s or mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's what, in 2006. Mm. That started. And then there's going to be... There's supposed to be six more oh. starting next year. Oh, nice. Do you think those six
0: more will be... About these versions of the Babysitters Club,
1: mm, these hit modern ones? I don't know. I I would assume I I would assume I so. that they're trying to bring all the characters and the whole series into the yeah. now, um, because it you know I I mean I don't I didn't go back and reread the books. I wanted to focus on the TV show, mm-hmm. but my recollection is that they were very much like set in that time period. Yeah. Um, but, and the uh, they didn't deal with any, like, major big world issues ever. It was very insular. Mm-hmm. It was very much the characters dealing with their own personal, individual problems yeah. that w- were not necessarily applicable to anyone but themselves. But most kids reading them could probably find something they related to. You know, there were parts that the, there were struggles that were very, like, universal preteen type right. struggles. Um, but they weren't dealing with bigger things for the yeah. most part
0: um i do appreciate right off the bat starting the show i remember one teen tv show i started watching when i was probably in middle school was um pretty little liars and they Mm -hmm. were girls that were supposed to be like freshman year of high school so only like two years older than the girls in this series and i just thought that was how i was gonna look in high school but they all really were like 25 years old (laughs) these are actual young teens yes yeah. And I, I appreciate that, knowing that, like, Charlie will be watching girls that are their own age playing characters that are their own age, because mm-hmm. then you don't have unrealistic expectations about what you're supposed to look like when you're, you know, in middle school.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, because that's what I... My memories of Babysitter Club were... I don't think I ever read the books, but I watched the TV show that was on for a while when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. like, I like, I guess they were supposed to be middle school students, but they were all... I just thought in my head, like, oh, they're teenagers, right? Like, that's to the. So, seeing them so much younger, but that makes sense with the ages they're supposed to be. I always, mm-hmm. always appreciate that in casting.
0: <laughs> yeah, me
1: too. I think that's a great thing. Um, obviously, one of the big. So, if you're not familiar with the Babysitters Club, it's, it's a book series about. A club of babysitters. <laughs> yes. A group of, of largely preteen and then on to teenage girls mm-hmm. who. And then eventually some boys, but girls. To uh, babysit, and they they formed a well. I mean, it's a club, but it's a business. Yeah, you know, it's a babysitting business. It's actually a pretty good business structure. Yeah, yeah. Like you have
0: days that are open on your schedule that you babysit, and someone mm-hmm. calls, and you say, "Okay, this is who will babysit your kid,"
1: and then it's it's great. Yeah. And I was always fascinated, like, the, and so they go on with like how the business develops and their babysitting foibles and mm-hmm. like the individual <laughs> growing up type storylines. Yeah. Um, the the episodes of the TV show are named after book titles, oh,
0: okay. which is
1: kind of cool. Like, the first one is Christy's Great Idea. It's Christy cool. is a founding member of the Babysitter's Club, and mm-hmm. her great idea is, spoilers, the Babysitter's, the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> <laughs> I. But what they've done with the TV show that I think is really good is they took these basic sort of universal themes of, like, growing up, change, loss, um like, f- trying to fit in, trying to find your place, find your voice, all these things that are really important. And then they, they really, I think, did a good job of interpreting it in the actual world we live in today, mm-hmm. as opposed to what a lot of things in, in, like, the 80s and 90s did, which is this whitewashed version yep. that only represents a fraction of the people. Right. Um, I think they've done a really nice job of diversifying the characters and the storylines, mm-hmm. you know, they're the same. It's funny because they're the same narrative structure as the story in the books. Mm-hmm. They've just, you know, brought it to today. Yeah. They've just broadened their their lens a little bit. Yeah. Um, one of the things that struck me immediately is like Christy is very much in the book supposed to be, I guess, what we would have called like a tomboy
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, as evidence like. the the background for that is she grows up with three brothers and her parents are divorced and it's supposed to be like she's just one of the guys Yeah, like that's very much like her character and and it's kind of like one dimensional in that way and I never really like identified as strongly with Christy as a character because I didn't really see myself that way Mm -hmm. like I wasn't you know into sports as much I played them but I wasn't like that you know but it's funny because in this reincarnation she's a feminist she is she's a very strong defiant feminist voice that i really identify with now and appreciate and i don't know that i ever recognize that mm-hmm. in the book series yeah mm. that's funny because i was watching this and i'm like oh christy must be the one that sydney uh, likes that sydney relates to <laughs> Yeah, I, I would have if if I had felt that from that character and maybe it was there and I just didn't see it in mm-hmm. the text. Maybe it wasn't as clear, but like seeing that character now, I identify very strongly with Christy mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't when it was just like, oh, that's the one that's into sports, which was right. very much like the cliche back then. Like, oh, there's the one girl who's into sports and doesn't wear dresses.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> like that's the whole thing.
0: Um, it is also worth mentioning that her mom is played by... Share from Clueless. Yes. Alicia Silverstone. Mm -hmm. And they make a joke in the first episode (laughs) where she's talking to her daughter, Christy. And Christy says, I guess my mom isn't totally clueless about high school (laughs) or middle school or whatever. (laughs) Wink, wink. That's very good. I did did appreciate that. Um, But in the first episode, Christy's whole thing is that she spoke up in class because they were talking about... um, Thomas Jefferson writing all men are created equal and she was saying why isn't all people are created equal like what about women why didn't it say all people and she got detention and had to write an essay about decorum for speaking up during class when she wasn't supposed to and not raising her hand and her whole thing at the end of it was that a guy wouldn't have been asked to write that essay and for a girl it's just supposed to be like sit down be quiet and talk when you're told to and she doesn't think that's okay Mm -hmm. and I really appreciated that because that's something I think that Is true, but also I don't know has been talked about by a middle school character in a show like that.
1: They they do a really nice job. The character of Chrissy really impressed me. One because it felt so much more well rounded than the character I remember from the books, and two because she continues to do things that are not like actions or words of a like typical likable quote-unquote likable girl Mm -hmm. in in one of these series do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah like there there are times where she's very clearly rubbing people the wrong way and saying things that like make people uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um and i really like that because the thing is like chrissy's the boss Mm -hmm. and she owns that Mm -hmm. and you don't especially in young female characters you don't see that very often
0: and she also acknowledges that, and acknowledges that a lot of people don't like her, or like the way that she does certain things or carries uh-huh. herself or whatever. But I know at one point she looks at Stacy, I guess, when Stacy joins, and just says, "Yeah, I'm bossy. Deal with it," or something. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to tell you what to do, and this was my idea, and you know. And she owns that, and she's not gonna mm-hmm. shy away from yeah. that.
1: But I do like that they they. They don't just, like, even just that, they don't put that on her character and just leave it there. Because there are moments with her friends where it's it's misplaced her, you know, she, she yeah. does, mm-hmm. she's not a very good friend because of her her bossiness. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that that interferes with her ability to take care of the people she cares about. And other people in her friend circle call her on that. Yeah. Like, in a supportive way, you know? They definitely do push against each other in ways that are... Um, again, unique to, I think these sorts of TV series and, and book series and things, um, to try to force each other to grow up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, watching Marianne was, that was the character I always identified with because, okay. Oh, she's the shy one who likes to read. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was it. That was, what, I mean, in the book series, that's what she was the shy one who liked to read, Like to read. Yeah. I like to read. I used to be shy.
0: Um, She is the one I I found myself liking most, identifying with most, because her also her thing in this is that she likes music,
1: yeah, (laughs) yes, and Broadway. (laughs) Um, And that you know they've they and which is great. One thing we mentioned like they diversified all the characters in the cover art in the original Babysitters Club series. It looked like other from the original members. Now Mm -hmm. more members get added over time, but from the original members of the Babysitters Club. Claudia is the only one who is not white. Mm-hmm. Um, Claudia is uh, Japanese in the series, but everybody else is a white person. Mm-hmm. And they have changed that for the TV series, which I think is great because there is nothing like it is not inherent to the storylines that the characters be white. Yeah. So there is no reason that we wouldn't have more diversity and certainly it's more representative of like mm-hmm. the actual world we live in that they're more diverse. And I think that's great with Marianne and with Dawn's character, who's supposed to be like this typical California girl mm-hmm. and who is a woman of color as well. And so I think that that's been a great, mm. you know,
0: I did enjoy when uh, Dawn first meets Marianne and pulls out her lunch at the lunch table and she has like a green juice and like a, a salad and it's all in like the uh, wooden reusable bamboo mm-hmm. stuff and she says, yeah, it's true. I'm from California. We do eat different there.
1: <laughs> it's like, okay, that's that's really good. I was going to say, okay. it's not even like a read or a caricature. I'm just like, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> was, was good. No, and I, I thought that was really neat. Like, they they took that kind of view of the character and then they took it to, like, the logical, like, so they're very much into spirituality. Um, Dawn is a very empathetic sensitive caring character who like Mm -hmm. spends a lot of time when people say things that are mean or or rude trying to think about why and like connect with them on their level like Mm -hmm. the the pain she takes to connect with Christy I thought was so impressive and so admirable to put that on in a young character so that kids could see that Mm -hmm. Um, where is this person coming from that they're treating me this way yeah, like I thought that was such an admirable quality and then they have like the uh, they have the theme of like paganism in dawn's family her mom's her aunt her, is that aunt her aunt who holds like the the circle mm-hmm. i forget what they call it but they're celebrating oh is it like the the moon and scorpio is that what yes. it is something the, the like new, that yeah the
0: full moon new moon Why of the two i forget
1: the new moon new moon yeah and it was a and i thought that was i mean none of that is of course in the original series <laughs> Yeah, but it made a lot of sense in the context of Dawn, the character. I, yeah. I liked uh, on the subject of paganism, the, uh, there's a wedding that is officiated by this this old lady that was previously called like she was, oh, she was scary witch that lived next door to one of the kids they were babysitting and the kids were all afraid of her. So then she shows up and she's the, the you know, the officiator of the wedding it's just like, oh, you're afraid because you think I'm a witch. And I am. <laughs> She's just kind of like, yeah, that's right. That's what I practice. I am a practicing witch. Have, uh, it's no big deal. <laughs> so, yeah. I like that. No, I like cool. that, too. I, well, there's so many. They have taken every opportunity to address those things. You know, it's it's funny. Last week, we talked about Glee. And we talked about how, like, they were not afraid to address things. Although, sometimes they did them <laughs> very In poorly. The wrong way, Yeah. Uh, I feel like in the Babysitter's Club when they address those things they did it very thoughtfully intentionally with great care right. um, which is so important if you're going to aim it at a younger audience well and I think that it's kind of it. it there's a at some point it's like you you can tell a uh, you could tell a trans narrative without having rampant transphobia in it like that's mm-hmm, you know in the past mm-hmm. that's always the thing like well if we have a, a gay character we have to have a bunch of gay bashing to show how they you know came about and if you're gonna have a trans character you have to start with some transphobia it's like no I, hopefully in the future we don't we just have characters that are introduced as whatever and like that's just it, their role is not mm-hmm. based in their pain and i like that mm-hmm. i like it that it kind of shows a world because there are gay characters that are like so there's uh, is it Dom that has two dads
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: and then there's another there's a lesbian couple that appear in the movie uh, or in the show and they're not treated mm-hmm. as anything other than just like oh yeah they, that's a couple that's a couple like, yeah yeah. they're just there yeah. um, I want to talk more that was one of the you, you alluded to one of the storylines that really I felt they did very well Right. but before we do that let's check the group message uh, first of all this week um, I may have mentioned to you two previously that I am now an artist. Yes. <laughs> you took uh, my spot. I'm sorry, Taylor. Uh, I'll to find something You're not else. The only ar- You're not the only artist in the family anymore, thanks to Wild Gears. I mentioned this before. It's like a sp- the spirograph you used to use when you were a kid, except better. It's like, it's like the... the f- just like we're talking about with the Babysitters Club, it's the better version. It's the version for now. It's the 2020 mm-hmm. version. They're laser-cut gears. They're precise. They're beautiful. They're very easy to use. You, it's the same idea, just like a Spirograph. It's it's very satisfying to see the kind of uh, art you can create. The kind of they've got all different sizes and shapes, and uh, it's really cool. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it, which, as I've said before, is not something I associate with creating art, <laughs> having fun, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm usually very bad at it. I get it. <laughs> so so it made me feel good, um, which was a new feeling for me when trying to create visual art. Mm-hmm. And it was a fun thing that I could do with my kids. So it's great whether it's something you want to do on your own just to make art for yourself or if you do have kids and you want to, you know, experiment with this as a new fun way to make things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great. Wild Gears are designed to be relaxing and satisfying to use and right now we need things to relax you know de-stress express ourselves and wild gears has you covered mm-hmm. so uh taylor if our listeners want to check out wild gears what should they do well uh you can discover wild gears and get a 20 percent discount you just need to go to wildgears.com still buff that's wildgears.com still buff get that 20 percent discount and discover wild gears which are making art fun relaxing and easy
0: I want to tell you guys about my pits.
1: Oh. All right. Okay.
0: I want to tell you about what I put on them, and that's native deodorant to make them smell good.
1: Well, that's a good...
0: <laughs> good job, Riley. And I use native deodorant because it's designed to block odor better with ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. And it's also vegan and never tested on animals, which I have started looking for more in my products that I use, especially... A lot of skincare products uh, don't publicize the fact that they still do test on animals, but a lot of them do, but Native never does, which uh, is important to me, and I'm sure to you as well. They also have over 10 scents, including rotating seasonals. Uh, Their most popular classic scents are coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and citrus and herbal. Personally, I use the coconut and vanilla. Makes me feel very beachy.
1: I love anything coconut. I'm always... I, I know that's not original to say over and over again, but it's my favorite. Yeah, it's it my, my favorite my too.
0: Yeah. And it, it makes me smell like the good, the good parts of like the scented sunscreen, except better. Um, it's also risk-free to try because every product comes with free shipping within the U.S. and free 30-day returns and exchanges. So you get it. You don't like it for some reason. You got 30 days to send it back for free, return and exchange it, which is awesome. Um, so Tay, if our listeners want to check out Native Deodorant, what should they do?
1: Well, you can make the switch to Native today by going to nativedeo.com buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout for 20% off your first order. Uh, one more time. Well, not one more time, because I'll mention the website one more time at the end. So, almost <laughs> the penultimate time, <laughs> I'll mention it. Uh, it is the Max Fun Drive. Um, I I always feel lucky that we can do this show every week, um, that we can make this together and talk to each other, and that uh, some of you all out there seem to enjoy hanging out with us for a little bit. Um, it makes me happy. I hope it brings you joy. Um, and being a member of the Max Fund Network helps allow us uh, the time, the technology, uh, the, the income to keep this going, to keep creating mm-hmm. this. Um, and we're really grateful for that. Uh, if you are a member, if you are joining, if you're upgrading, we thank you so much um, for doing that. You can start at $5 a month. That gets you over 200 hours of bonus content. Uh, Riley wrote an original D&D campaign for us to play with our mom it is out currently when you're listening to this. Yeah, be on that bonus stream feed. So check that out. Um, you, uh, you at ten dollars a month, as we've mentioned before, you can pick one of our cool enamel pins designed by Megan Lincott. Uh, you get a membership card. There's a twenty dollars month level with a special um, game pack with like custom dice set and a deck of playing cards. There are other levels you can join. MaximFun.org/slash/join. Um, and you can get a subscription for a friend for one year. What? Yes. So you can both enjoy. You can talk about the bonus content together and all the gifts and things. Uh, you can gift a subscription to someone you've never even met who had to cancel this year due to COVID. As a, uh, also. So um, you'll, be, uh, you'll be paying forward all of this extra fun, these gifts, uh, some joy. Um, you just check the anonymous max funster box when you're filling out your online form at maximum join. And, and you can do that too. If you're in a position to do that, that's a really nice gift to give. Somebody it is. Yeah. To, to, and it's nice for a friend who you want to, who, who maybe in a, isn't in a position to be a member right now, but like would like to, and then you all can share that new experience. Sharing new experiences is really important during this time of quarantine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is when you can. Um, thank you again if you're a member thank you yes. if you have have been donating to help us keep going thank you if you're joining thank you if you share our show if you tell somebody about our show um, we just can't we just can't say thank you enough. It really means the world to us and it helps us keep doing this and uh, you can go to maximumfund.org/ join if it's something you want to do So Taylor you alluded to the in episode four Marianne saves the day. <laughs> Marianne um, really does save yeah. the day in episode four. Yes. Which, so in the original book, if I remember correctly, Marianne is babysitting for a kid who gets sick. Marianne cannot, at the time, she is having like a falling out with some of the other members of the Babysitter's Club. So she doesn't feel like she can call them to ask for support. She can't get a hold of her dad. She can't get a hold of the kid's parents. And she ends up having to like get the kid to the hospital by herself. hmm um, I think it is it, similar to the show. It is sort of like it's a fever. There's no necessarily like medical emergency that yeah. you're really, you know, it's, it's kind of nebulous. Yeah. You know, but the idea is like Marianne is able to do this even though she's shy and timid and mm-hmm. afraid. She steps up and is brave and saves the day. Yeah. That's the, that's the story. They're aimed at kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have taken that that same story and changed it just a little bit. Um by making the little girl that Marianne is babysitting uh trans
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I thought that that was at first it struck me like, oh, that's great to introduce some diversity onto the show mm-hmm. uh, because they do it in such a matter of fact way and it is explained w- through the voice of one of the other you know young girls dawn mm-hmm. uh, it it's done so well and so just like this is this is just Bailey is a girl mm-hmm. this is who Bailey's always been and everyone accepts that and it's just so matter of fact I, th- I felt like it was handled so mm-hmm. well for a younger audience mm-hmm. for like I felt really good about the way it was being presented to Charlie as something that like yeah. I could endorse and stand behind as like this is a good representation of you know explaining this to children
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then they take it a step further when Bailey does get sick and has to go to the hospital And the doctor and nurse who come in to see her uh, immediately misgender her Mm -hmm. because they're looking at her chart. And not at her. Yeah. Yeah. Which also highlights a real problem, which is that a lot of medical record systems were not built to reflect, Mm -hmm. you know, someone's actual gender. Sure. You know, gender identity. They just weren't. And so even the ones that have been retrofitted to do that, a lot of it depends on like people manually entering that mm-hmm. information and it's not always done and certainly if you have paper records right nobody's doing that and so it reflects a real problem in our medical system where people are constantly at risk of being misgendered because of that um, it is a deficiency that would be super easy to correct mm-hmm. if people took the time right. to do it um, and it put a young girl in the position of having to stand up, you know, and say, let me stop you before you do this, because you're causing this child that I am responsible for great pain. Mm-hmm. And so I am going to take you out in the hallway and explain to you. And I, I was just so impressed with the whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the way Marianne talked to the,
0: the doctor and the nurses, which I mean, thinking about the fact that Marianne's supposed to be what, like 12? 13 13 13 Mm -hmm. um is just very it's not angry it's just very matter of fact like if you took the time to look you realize what you're doing is wrong you are making this child upset and i ask that you treat them with more respect and Mm -hmm. you treat them and call them the way they're supposed to be treated and call bailey by her correct pronouns and her correct name and Mm -hmm. refer to her as she wants to be and then also can you find me a hospital gown that is not blue Because Bailey sees the blue one and says she doesn't want the blue one because, you know, just stereotypically for some reason we associate, like, blue with boys and pink with girls. So that's probably something that Bailey has dealt with Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me cry just knowing that, like, not only is Marianne the character that says her greatest fear is, like, someone calling that she doesn't know and having to talk to them on the phone, Mm -hmm. which is also, like, one of my greatest fears. I (laughs) get it. But she talks to these two adult strangers and educates them on something and knows better than them about this and is Mm -hmm. a good advocate for
1: a little person well i I think just having a a trans character presented that is that is taken care of that is respected that is you know valued by her parents by the people that interact Mm -hmm. with her Mm -hmm. i just think that you know, we don't we don't really think about how powerful something that simple can can be. Where you just see this character that has a very positive, loving upbringing, and that's just matter of fact presented. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a that's another good point. They highlight the fact that Bailey's parents have made the effort to, you know, respect Bailey's gender identity and buy her clothes. What? Yes. And he's crying a little bit. <laughs> Shut up. No, it's really <laughs> sweet. I mean, she's got this beautiful, <laughs> like, princessy room. And, you know, they show all mm-hmm. of her clothes. And they, and the way they describe it is just so simple. Like, these are the clothes that help Bailey feel more like herself. And it's just, they're yeah, feminine mm-hmm. clothes. And that's it's just that. that, that it's that simple.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Even the way that they first show the audience that, and, and Marianne, that Bailey is uh, a trans girl, is that they, Marianne goes back to put Bailey in a different dress and opens up her closet and sees that it's full of, like, boy clothes. Mm -hmm. Very, I mean, even if they're not boy clothes, just very opposite of what Bailey wears, which is, like, the pink sparkly princess stuff. Typically male clothes. Um, And Marianne doesn't really question or say anything. She says, well, that won't do. We can't wear those. We Mm -hmm. need to find your clothes, your princess
1: clothes, because that's what you like.
0: And that's it. Like, it's not like, oh, well, what does this mean? Child, tell me why you have all these boy (laughs) clothes. Tell me about your yourself and your identity it's just okay let's yeah. find your other clothes and
1: obviously not not oh. to insinuate it that gender coded clothes are necessitate or are integral to somebody's right. identity sure. but i think in the narrative language that we have for tv they tell the story really beautifully and really yeah. concisely
0: especially yeah. through the eyes of a 13 year old
1: i think i think they're taking advantage of those sort of stereotypes for little kids exactly. you know because mm-hmm. charlie got that yeah. instantly Instantly, she understood what they were communicating right. through that. Um, even though I took great pains to <laughs> buy her gender-neutral clothing when she was younger, you have a child that loves pink
0: and princess dresses and sparkles more than anyone I know.
1: I know she rejected all of it and wanted pink. So, um, but I tried. Uh, but yes, I, I thought that was well done. And I thought Dawn's explanation, which is simply, "You're right-handed." how would you feel if somebody tried to force you to be Mm left-handed well that's how bailey would feel if you tried to force her to be a boy
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i mean it was just it was that simple and it was it was i but i think they've done that because they they do that with that very obviously new storyline from the books you know that was not
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i'm it's been a while but i'm pretty sure yeah (laughs) The, the books were great i'm pretty sure they didn't cover that um but they do that with that. They do that with storylines they've covered before. Like, Stacy has type 1 diabetes. And uh, that made her kind of an outcast at her previous school. Because mm-hmm. it. what I think they're trying to say is that she had a seizure mm-hmm. at her during school. And, again, this is something that wouldn't have been in the books because it didn't exist then. One of her supposed friends videoed her and put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, could happen. Yeah. I mean... Unfortunately, yep. today, um, and it embarrassed her. And then there's this question of can she take care of our kids if this could sometimes happen and mm-hmm. we wouldn't be there? And they they confront it head on, and Stacy stands up for herself, and her parents stand up with her, and they all and they have like a pediatric endocrinologist stand up yeah. and talk, and like this is why this is okay, and Stacy can be a babysitter, and there's no reason that this pump that she wears is a problem and mm-hmm. she becomes proud of it and like gets a sparkly one. <laughs> Sydney's crying a little bit again.
0: <laughs> no but I, I do it's like just that so moment. It's so positive. Yeah.
1: Where you see Stacy
0: trying on clothes and going to great lengths to hide her mm-hmm. pump and mm-hmm. wear clothes that are either baggy enough where you can't see it or wear a jacket so you can't. Um, and then at the end of the episode she like bedazzles it and it's mm-hmm. blue and sparkly and she wears it clipped to the front of her band so you can see it right there instead of hiding it. Um, and then even the moment where her dad's like, "I want you to do that to my phone, so I can wear that on the front of my
1: <laughs> pants too." It was like that's was a, a very, dad that's a very dad moment, but it was also very sweet. Well, and I like that you know you have that episode that establishes that in in her as part of her character, but then it the show just sort of moves on from there you know it's like after that she's like that's okay we've established that part of her character but there's more to her mainly that she's really boy Mm -hmm. crazy that seems to be her thing but still like if that's a you know it's a normal teen thing it's like she's got regular narratives it's not like she's the sick kid for the whole story you know that's just part of right. Yeah, and I I think that was actually part of the books, too, if I remember correctly, that, like, we introduced this idea about Stacy, and from time to time it comes up. There were always moments where, like, Claudia was big on hiding candy in her room, so there was (laughs) always the, like, Claudia would pull out candy and then something for Stacy yeah. that would be sugar-free. Like there was always like those kinds of things continue, mm-hmm. or like that consideration, like when Christy gets pizza for everybody but gets a salad for Stacy. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of ideas continued throughout it, but it was not because like Stacy's sick. It right. was oh well, we got to look out for Stacy too. Yeah, um, those ideas continue. I, and that doesn't even begin to touch like the the they cover loss and grief in the show. Like, they they talk about, you know, Marianne's mother died when she was younger. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: They kind of cover that through her dad, like, having trouble, like, letting go of, like, her room Mm -hmm. being redecorated and some stuff connected to her mom. Um, They talk about Christy's pain at, like, her father leaving them and basically having no communication with them and seeing the difference in, like, Dawn, whose parents have had, like, a healthy divorce. Yeah. Where, like her dad's in a loving relationship with another guy now and she's on good terms with them and, like, she talks to them regularly and mm-hmm. she she and her mom have a good relationship. Like, they contrast that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think all of that is is very deftly handled.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and again, those were all themes in the original book, but I don't think it was as... I don't think it was explored. It was more like sure. just that's the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, like... Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's put it out front and talk about the way that this is impacting the girls. I thought it was specifically touching the uh, the story related to Claudia with her uh, her grandmother, her Mimi, which yes made me very sad because we called uh, well, Riley, you call our our mawmaw, yeah. Mimi. Um, Mimi. Mimi, <laughs> Charlie immediately identified with that because she said, "I have a Mimi, and I my Mimi, and I have tea too." <laughs> Well, it's, it's it's really you know her, the, her, that, was a, uh, her, that was a moment. Yeah. Um, well, and they have her, her. They have a very important relationship, Claudia and her Mimi, and then her Mimi suffers a stroke mm-hmm. and so it has to mm-hmm. relearn how to communicate. Which, you know, to deftly handle that and just present it like once, like you said, just matter of factly, I think was. It's something that young kids will deal with you know they'll deal with their their older relatives mm-hmm. like that's just a it's it's not like a hush-hush thing we need to hide from kids it's just part of a teens narrative you know and then there's the whole other backstory mm-hmm. where Mimi spent time in an internment camp at a Japanese internment camp mm-hmm. which just to cover that in what seems like a very you know it's just kind of a light fluffy series I thought was was really important and good and becomes the thing where Claudia is an artist and is trying to look for what she's trying to say, which is a lot to put on like a 12 year old. I'll say that (laughs) as like a young artist, but
2: yeah, Yeah.
1: like that's where she starts to kind of look into her past and draw that forward in her art. And I thought that was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was too. I thought it was really beautiful to see her like drawing on her own history and her own culture and like where her, you know, grandparents and parents came from, like to see that kind of Mm -hmm. slowly realized, through a preteen lens. Because it wouldn't be something that you could verbalize instantly. Right. Um, but an artist could represent it visually a lot f- faster, you know, yeah. in that. in that, And so they use that medium with Claudia to show that. I, I think it is so well done. And Claudia, can we just talk about, I know this is not as deep, but her style.
0: That's exactly uh, what I was going to say. I was waiting for a break in an opening to just say, not even just Claudia, just all of them <laughs> are so... Fashionable all the time that I'm watching is an almost 20-year-old adult. Like, I want to dress like these 12- and 13-year-old girls. Mm-hmm. They're so fashionable, especially Claudia.
1: Yeah. Cla- I would... That's definitely the one... I don't know if I would say I, I relate the most to Claudia. That's who I would want to be the most. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be Claudia when I read the books. Uh, I knew I wasn't, but I wanted to be. Um, mm-hmm. Because the the outfits... It's funny. I don't remember exactly what they looked like. Uh, but I know that what she wears is a is a really good representation like it feels right yeah um, mm-hmm. b- a lot of her jewelry I remember was like handmade and like really like kind of like big like fruit shaped earrings and mm-hmm. things like that and that those were always I remember reading these descriptions of Claudia's outfits in the book and just being like, wow, yeah I wish I would never have I would never have the guts to dress that creatively mm-hmm. and colorfully and I just knew that wasn't me I right. was. I always thought I was a Marianne, but I was probably more of a Christie in my, mm-hmm. in the clothes I wore. In all honesty, um, but uh, but man, Claudia's outfits and just her whole thing, she is she is very cool. That is who Charlie wants to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's also just an extremely talented artist.
0: Like yes. they show her painting her Mimi, and it's like it's a beautiful portrait. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fascinating and baffling. She's so talented.
1: She well. Believes. And I thought it was a really powerful moment when she's struggling in her math class, and mm-hmm. uh, she, her parents, kind of put on her. Well, if you don't get, if you don't ace this math test, you don't get to go to a dance. She originally tries to lie and you know fabricate a fake test result, but then she comes forward about it. But she says, like, I'd rather focus on the things I'm good at, and like have those things. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what I can offer, which is I think in like you know high school and middle school drama, it's so normal. Like, well, if you're bad at Like, that narrative of, like, oh, now I'm an ace in my studies because I tried really hard and everybody can get there is so normal. Mm -hmm. But to see a character, like, she did improve her grade. She tried. But that's not what she's good at. And and she has talents. And not everybody has to be good at the traditional things that we think we're supposed to be good at in school. You know, it puts you in this little Mm -hmm. box. But Claudia is this amazing, talented artist. And maybe she's she's never going to be an A student in math. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think that's a really good message. I think they they do well with that. Um, I like watching her and her sister Janine interact. Yeah, <laughs> Janine's great. Uh,
0: I felt bad for how I won't say much because it wasn't entirely, but with some of the things Janine said and just like the way she like talked to like the younger girls, it's like oh, that's what I am now, isn't it? I'm that. <laughs> I'm not young and and full of wonder and and excitement about the world anymore and janine who just talks about the articles she's read about child care and and sits very blankly at the dinner table
1: that was but you know uh it's funny justin watched just a little bit of it with me and whatever episode we were watching janine was on and he like three seconds in went well that's my favorite character (laughs) 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 but i don't i don't know what they're i I feel like with Janine, they're representing, though, again, like, she almost strikes me, and I this is just my interpretation, this is not something that's in there, as someone who is supposed to be neurodiverse. Mm-hmm. She's I got different. that feeling, too. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's different from Claudia, and it, they're not trying to fix either of them. They're just different. Mm-hmm. And so it does make it difficult for them to communicate and, like, understand each other. But it shows how they're learning to... Understand and communicate in ways that both of them, yeah. I mean, like, I I feel like you're watching them build that bridge and that connection without making either one change into whatever is quote unquote normal or right. You know what I mean? I I I don't know, and this might just be me putting that on the character, but I interpreted it that way, and I really appreciated it because, like, Janine doesn't need to be more like Claudia any more than Claudia needs to be more like Janine. They're both great and fine. Mm-hmm. Learning to communicate through their differences is important, and yeah. they show that. I don't know. I really liked that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I did it as well. I agree. Have we covered everything?
0: Uh, I think all the, the the important stuff. That was all the important stuff. I think so. <laughs> I uh,
1: just, well, well, we didn't get to the, the the protest to overturn the summer camp that that it ends with. Oh yeah there's a sit-in oh. a lay-in a lion there's a, yeah there's a, huge, a lot of drama yeah there's there's a lot of drama there's a protest there's um oh it's great you have to you'll have to see i haven't end. finished the whole first season admittedly but well i think i mean i, will I soon <laughs> to, to show um uh you know like protesting and then there's a great moment where it's dawn and and marianne are kind of not facing off, but Dawn is like, no, I think like action is necess- n- necessary to protest. And, and Marianne's like, I think we can protest with our art. And that's what we're going to do. And they're both like, we can both do our own thing. Our own way of protesting is fine. <laughs> yeah. And It's very, like, I was like all right. Yes, yeah, so, as long as we're rebelling against the system. Here, here, teens watching this show, here <laughs> yeah. are varied ways you can rebel against the system. It is, It is that. And it's, 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 awesome that they represent that and they're just so clear and concise about it and um that is what they're saying like you could have different ways of protesting the important thing is that when you see injustice you do something
2: mm-hmm.
1: oh. yeah you, you can't do nothing but you can do different things because mm-hmm. not everybody's going to feel comfortable doing what don does which is lead a big protest marianne is supposed to be the more shy one but she feels in command when she is doing art and theater mm-hmm. so she does that. Um, Plus, then Logan finally shows up. Really,
2: <gasps> spoilers.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean there are books titled Marianne likes Logan" and "Logan well, likes Marianne
0: <laughs> They have that little moment in like the very first episode. He's reading a book to yeah. little kids, and she sees him, and it's like, oh, oh
1: no, it's very. Cute. I I was so invested in the Marianne Logan romance in those books when I was younger. I believe so it. So deeply yeah. invested. If you it finally would, find your Logan, Sid. I yeah, I get. I don't know that I <laughs> Justin. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that doesn't seem fair. I you know you know who I found. I found my Ned Nickerson. I was always more of a Nancy Drew Ned Nickerson romance. Really, at the end of the day. So oh, okay, all right. <laughs> well, Sid, thank you for showing us the Babysitters Club. I don't
0: think I would have watched it if you oh. hadn't. But
1: I'm glad I did. As am yeah. I. Well, yeah. good. Well, good. I I would highly recommend that. Um, I think it's. I think any age could enjoy it. <laughs> I understand it's aimed at younger kids, but I would really, if there are any parents out there, uh, I feel so good about showing this to my kids. Well, to Charlie. I mean, Cooper wasn't really following. <laughs> She's kind of kind of young for it. Yeah. But like, I felt so good. And there's. It's so often that we'll be watching something, and I'm like, Ugh. like, and we can't watch. Like, I don't want you to get that message. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to or or let me stop what we just watched and talk about it because yeah. this is not the way I would want this represented and I never I watched the entire series with Charlie and never felt the need to stop and like go against it mm-hmm. if anything it struck up good conversations where we could explore those ideas more because of the jumping off point that right. the that the show started yeah. I I just think it's a really positive thing. Yeah. I, I will say when Cooper is old enough to enjoy it, uh, it's, it's it would be good for her to watch because she's also represented in it very well uh, because there's a little girl that they babysit named Karen who is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> she's yes. really creepy and weird, but like in a cool way. And I was like, oh, it's Cooper.
0: And wanted to have wakes for her like old porcelain haunted dolls.
1: Yeah. Yep. That That yeah. is definitely Cooper. That's Cooper. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually, like I think Charlie said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. There's Cooper. Uh, well, good. Well, what's, what's up next? Uh, I want to talk about one of my uh, favorite movies from youth. I've definitely watched it in my teens, in college. I've watched it as an adult. It makes me cry every time. Uh, I want to talk about The Brave Little Toaster. Yay. All right. Which I'm I have excited. actually
0: never seen before. So. It's a
1: very, very important piece of animation to me. I, I loved that. It's been a long time. I'm excited to. It's another one I can share with the kids. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it gets a, it gets a little creepy, but it's. It, I think it's kid friendly. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll watch that for next time. And uh, thank you both for indulging me, for the Babysitters Club. Uh, I still have those books. You know, Tay, if you want to take this opportunity,
2: <laughs> do you read uh, them?
1: Oh, uh, you know, I mean, I watched the show, so I don't think <laughs> I need to read the books. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'll I'll save them for Charlie. All right. Um, thank you listeners. Uh, one last time we want to mention this is the end of the maximum fun drive. Um, this is the last time I'll say this, but thank you. Uh, if you are a member, if you've taken this time to join, thank you. If you have um, gotten a membership for a friend, thank you. That's a, what a kind thing to do. What, what a, a kind a, thing. What a friendly thing to do. Um, thank you. And and remember uh, this is the time, if you were ever thinking of becoming a member, of, of chipping in a few bucks each month to help us keep doing the things we do. We are a listener-supported network. This is the time to do it because you get presents. And who doesn't like presents? Mm-hmm. Everybody likes presents. Yes. So if you go to maximumfundorg slash join, you can join at whatever monthly donation level you are comfortable, whatever you can do. And you can get at $5 a month, you get a ton of bonus content, hours and hours and hours of fun funny entertainment exclusively for members uh ten dollars you can get the pin whatever one you whatever one you choose um ours is very cool but there Mm -hmm. are lots to choose from uh so pick pick your favorite pin um again at the twenty dollar a month level you get the the fun game pack and then there are other levels beyond that but anything you can do really helps us and and again thank you if you're a member thank you for supporting us um Please share our show or, or share a link or tell a friend uh, if you can. That helps us out, too. Yeah. MaximumFun.org slash join. Thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our new members. Uh, and you can tweet at us. at stillbuff. You can email us at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mind.
0: This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us.
1: I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I, I am, am too. Oh no! Go ahead. I'm gonna leave you hanging on this one.
2: Get it?
0: Because
1: it's the end of the Max One Drive. have a lot of problems. How do you juggle your holes at the library? Well,
2: how do you decide what to read
1: next? What do you do when you find out an author you love is a huge trash baby? I'm Brea Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. And we're the hosts of Reading Glasses. We're here to solve all your reader problems and along the way, help you figure out your reader wheelhouse, which are the things that will absolutely make you pick up a book. Our listener favorites tend to be Magic and A Woman on a Journey. And also Birds
2: for some reason.
1: Your reader doghouse. Yeah, that's the things that'll make you avoid a book. Ugh, love triangles stress me out so much. Reading glasses. Every Thursday on
2: maximumfun.org. maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.